Okay, so here we are in a very uh, anticipated conversation by many. You're a hard one to p- uh, pin down, but today on the steampunk sofa, um, we've got a man that's seen a lot of triumphs and tribulations over the past almost six years at mm-hmm. steampunk. And I'm, of course, talking about Scotty Nicholson which jobs titles have included head barista, assistant manager, singer, and the number one best smelling employee. Ooh, baby. So I want to start off with Scott. Mm. Do you think the barista wears the beard or does the beard wear the barista? Oh, now, let me tell you, Petey. When I first joined Steampunk in 2014, I had nothing, no facial hair. I was, I was, I was naked on the face. But I think working here, you know, you kind of, uh, I wouldn't say it's stress, but you, you become, you become a man, you know, you, you go through that, those, those changes and you definitely put stairs on the face. How old were you when you started? I was 19. You were 19. I, I so was, straight I, out of school? No, well, I mean, I, I was a year um, at Falco's in Gullen and then came here in December 2014, looking quite fresh, quite spicy and... Yeah, I was optimistic because to be fair, when I, when I started here, yeah, I wasn't sure how long I was going to last just because I was needing money at the time. Um, but yeah, I dived right in and, and got myself amongst, amongst the, the coffee. So. And did you start off as a barista or did you start off on the floor and work your way up? No, so I started, uh, I started on the floor. So because I had a year previous experience doing waiting, I literally, my first shift, Kath was like, can you, can you do the floor today? I was like, yeah, no bother. And yeah, from, from about four, uh, four months, five months actually, I was waiting because I was doing, because we, we did it differently, uh, like six years ago, we did table service. So we'd have like one or two people up and down, down, down the stairs. Um, so yeah, I was, I was running up and down stairs for at least like five, uh, five months and um, yeah, it was hard work because, you know, you're doing a 10 hour shift and you get, you know, you get your half an hour break and stuff, but the weekends were super, super busy. So you're literally flying up and down the stairs trying to get every single order in, get the coffees in on time. So yeah, and then after, yeah, so after about five months, I had a little chat with Kath and she was like, you know, um, I like how you're doing things in here. Would you be interested in furthering your knowledge on the coffee? And I was, I was all for it. So yeah. Um, Lewis McKenzie, who works here, manager, big up him. He did a bit of training with me um, on, on Fridays, yeah. So I, he, he would be doing the shots and I'd be doing the milk and kind of just like slowly progressed, you know, over like over that sort of summer in 2015. Um, and things became more, um, it was more interesting and I understood a lot of things, you know, better because obviously when I came in here, I know like idea about coffee. I didn't know anything about flat white espressos or coffees from different regions have different tasting notes and stuff like that. So that was just like an eye opener to think, oh, like this is, this is something different. This is something cool. So, yeah. So would you say that the barista does wear the beard? Like how long did you grow into, how long were you a barista before facial hair started growing in? Oh, right now. So that would have been, I've been a barista for what? Coming up five years. I would say, what year are we at? I'd say four years. Four years? 
So, so two, three years from when I started. You started, started going Yeah. Up. Because it's, uh, it's fact that globally, yeah. nine out of 10 baristas yeah, have, a beard. have some sort of facial hair. Yeah, I mean, I can see years coming along there too. That's what I'm trying. You see, <coughs> this is the thing. I've just started on the machine. I was on the yeah. floor. Mm. I was in the kitchen. I was mm. clean shaven. Now suddenly I'm on the machine, trained by Lewis McKenzie. So there's, there's actually, a, uh, the, I wouldn't say it's a tip, but you know, um, if you uh, use ground coffee and you wet it and you moisturize it into your beard every night, <clears throat> that gives you a beard. Gives it, gives, gives you a beard? Yeah. Would you be skeptical of a barista that didn't have a beard? Wow, so, <clears throat> it depends. I mean, if they're giving it a chat, doing good latte art and stuff like that I'd be thinking oh okay yeah sweet but if it was crap latte art didn't have a beard sack him yeah sack him so you, you gotta go with your instincts you know but I think what's nice about us is that we're not intimidating no we've got beards I mean I, I'm 5 foot 7 you can barely see me over the machine so people think it's a wee boy working behind the machine so yeah not very intimidating get some uh, <laughs> platform shoes <laughs> Cuban heels actually yeah You were talking a little bit about how you got into coffee yep. and uh, working at Steampunk. Were you interested in coffee when you were at high school or where did that interest come from? You know what, it's quite weird actually. Um, my my parents have always drank coffee and my granddad would drink coffee and there was something about them open. I know it sounds weird, but them open up a coffee jar and just getting that initial smell. And when they would drink it and my granddad, you know, used to used to smoke a rolly back in the day and he'd have his coffee and his rolly and it was something about I mean I'm not a smoker but it's that combination of the smells and I always liked like the smell do you know what I mean nostalgia yeah um, and it, to, to be fair it was probably you know it was crap Nescaf coffee you know, kind of dissing nothing wrong with Nescaf no actually no there's not you know if it's your fix you know on you go um, so no like I, I had no real interest um, and it wasn't really, like, to be fair, before I started working out, I would, like, if I was going into town or whatever, I would, like, probably drink a cappuccino and stuff like that, because that was, like, the only thing I knew what to order, because it was, like, a safe bet. Um, so, yeah, no, I wasn't, wasn't really interested, but liked the smells and stuff like that, so. And then when you started learning more about how the machine worked and yeah. um, the ins and outs of making a good cup of coffee, mm -hmm. uh, when did you think of it as like this is something that I can see as a career and that's what I want to I'm, I'm enjoying it so I'm staying in it for for yeah. foreseeable future so I mean I think I've been kind of like a bit up and down with it, I wouldn't say it's the coffee it's like hospitality sometimes sometimes it can really get to you and sometimes you you absolutely love it um but I would say there was like a, there was a moment it was like 2015 uh like sort of like probably this time of year October November and I'd been given one of the books from one of the roasters at the time and it was just talking about well it was just like a description of regions and where coffee like where it's from how it's processed and when it goes from crop to cup and stuff and I was like it's mad that the coffee we get is from like Africa and South America and stuff and it comes all the way over here and we're like the final product I was like, that is a pretty sick thing to think about. Um, and I think I, I enjoy the atmosphere and I enjoy the people I work with. 
and I've never been someone who wants to work in an office that would bore the living like daylights out of me. Um, it's quite a hands-on job. Yeah, and I, I think I like to be chatting to people. I like you know, um, for the public to come in and just yeah, just enjoy themselves. And you know, if you can make them a nice a nice beverage to start the day or whatever, I think that's quite important. Um, and yeah, like I I just I just don't see myself doing like anything else to be fair um i mean i'm big into fitness but i wouldn't ever take that into a career because I, I think you can fall out of love with something like that mm. um and i enjoy i enjoy co- coffee like socially as well so like meeting up with pals um and going places and seeing different different uh coffee shops like and like I've been to London and Budapest and stuff like that and how they do things differently and like the architect they have inside I think that's like a pretty sick thing to see um, and it shows that like coffee is a, like a really pop, popular thing so yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of ins and outs like, yeah, like, as like, you just touched so on much, the yeah. and like a lot, of, and a lot of coffee shops will do like different um, like brew methods and like th- some will do V60s and some will do pour overs and air presses some coffee shops won't so it's nice to get that sort of um, you know, uh, option and stuff like that. So, yeah. So for the people that don't know, I mean, yeah. for the majority of our customers, they come in. Yep. They see us. We take them their order, and mm. then you make their coffee. I and do. You give them the coffee and that's it. Yep. But they don't see the ins and outs of what you're actually doing in the morning. Yep. When you come in early, turn on mm. the machine. Um, what does that morning look like for yourself when coming into work? And what does the uh, dialing in process look like? And maybe you just want to explain what dialing in actually is. Okay, so things have changed like a little bit, but not too much for me. Uh, before lockdown and part, like over lockdown and stuff. Um, so dialing in is basically you are getting the coffee ready to serve for the day. And we've got three espressos on most days, like nearly every single day. So we have espresso one, which is, is for um, our milk-based drinks. So flat whites, cappuccinos, lattes. And espresso two is for black coffee, so long black Americano, double espressos, and a third is a decaf. So dialing in is basically, yeah, as I said, find the best tasting coffee for the day. So come in, turn the grinders on, get the machine on, wait for everything to heat up. And I'll go through a process of pulling three, four, five shots, see how it's running, checking the runtime, if it's too slow, if it's too fast, too coarse, too fine. Um, and yeah, find the right balance. If it's, you know, if it's too acidic, if it's not got enough acidity, what right. happens if the shot's running too slow? If it's too slow, so that your your grind is too fine, so you want to coarsen that up, um, and that will fasten the process of the espresso coming out. And will that affect the taste? It will affect the taste because if it's if it's too slow, it can be um, under extracted, and if it's too fast, it can be over extracted because there's too much going in, and that's a very short amount of time. So, yeah. How's COVID affected your working routine? So it has affected my working routine. I think we were chatting about this earlier on today, actually, that um, 
you know, we'd be used to working eight till six, four or five times a week. Most of the time you were slammed. And I would remember like I would go to the gym like at half eight after working a 10 hour shift and I would go to the gym for two hours and I had all the energy in the world. And I think we got so used to the routine of just going 100 miles per hour all the time. And since having that, and I just want to say as a break, it was like that three, 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 four month break, my body's like, I say it's adapted to being more chilled. So when I came back from my first shift and it was only like, a, I think it was like a nine till two or 10 till two shift, I was absolutely knackered because I wasn't used to standing at machine, pulling shots and steaming milk all day. Do you know what I mean? For those three, four months. Um, so I think like, it, obviously I didn't lose any of the uh, capability to make coffee or anything like that because uh, everything's pretty much muscle memory and you still have the knowledge there. But I think definitely kind of, you know, it sparked me a little bit to um, be a bit more concentrated in work now because I think you get so used to like flying out the shots and sometimes you're not concentrating on what you're doing because we're a little bit quieter you get to spend more time on perfecting the coffee if, if that makes sense you know you've got more time to actually not say we don't put effort into it before but now you have the time so to yeah. make it as consistent yeah as consistent possible. exactly yeah because what I think a lot of people don't appreciate is that you weigh out yeah. every shot. Yeah, exactly. So you got to, you got to uh, you know, weigh the shot um, before it goes in and then weigh it as it goes into the cup and stuff. And you know, some people might think that's a farce, it's wasting time, but we're only just trying to provide you with the best coffee. You know? And we, if we weren't using scales or anything like that, how, like it wouldn't be accurate. So you'd be given different coffee all the way throughout the day. Yeah. so that and that's just, just guessing it yeah. tastes different every and it's day. like we can't get feedback from like you know uh customers and wholesale customers because if we're not weighing anything then like we can't get like we can't give them a, a specific idea of what we're actually doing so yeah probably makes the difference between like a good coffee shop and a really good coffee shop yeah exactly So we've said in the past podcasts that steampunk's a pretty fun and enjoyable place to work. We do work mm. exceptionally hard, but we do have a lot of fun. Yeah. And the good chat flows when the boys are pulling shots. Boys. But I was wondering, which tunes get you singing and shaking your hips behind the bar? Oh, mate, that's a very good shout. So now we're coming into, you know, colder weather. <clears throat> Big fan of Michael Boobs, you know. You love Michael Boobs. Bibbly bath at night. Perfect. Um, but is that more for the festive season? That's festive season, yeah. So when does the festive know? season start? Oh, October, mate. October? First of October, yeah. First I'd, of October. Mate, I'd put a Christmas tree up already. Yeah, I would do that. No, uh, Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer, absolute banger. If no one knows who that is, YouTube it right now because you'll love me for it. Um, I could pretty much sing anything. I could sing anything from like Les Mis to uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Maroon Five, Sunday Morning. That's uh, one of my favorite songs. Anything with a nice beat to. You know, you've got a you got a large range on your palate. I do, yeah. For for what you, I mean, I've been known to put on some hip hop. You're not too into the yeah, hip hop. No, right? not see. I think I'm an old soul. Like I love soul music. You know, a bit of James Brown, a bit of um, you know Bill Withers and stuff like that. You know, 
And there's the likes of James Brown and Bill Withers and Buble. Mm. Do they affect your coffee making ability? Oh, I'm probably I'm probably a lot smoother. I'm probably flowing. I'm I'm probably majestic when I'm pouring to that. You know, there is a flow. We've there's talked a, there's about a flow. There is we've a got, flow. We've got Cameron sitting on the our, our, our sand <laughs> our sand guru. Uh, but we've talked we talked about the flow, didn't we? And there's, Jeremy, a, there's someone, a legit flow. If someone was going to play like um, Rage Against the Machine, which I'm not I'm not like dissing them or anything like that, I probably couldn't pour a flat white. I'd probably be too nervous. Hands be shaking. Your blood yeah. pressure gets up. Cameron, yeah. you've played some stuff where it <laughs> scared milk. me. It's <laughs> frightened me, and I can't I I can't I can't work when I'm frightened. So if you if you have you know like Rune Five on Sunday morning, ooh. Oh man, that's that's. No. And it affects the, the the acoustics and the sound of a coffee shop. It affects the whole experience. Oh yeah, definitely. If you've got some like loud, wacky music, that's that's not gonna not gonna chill out the customers, is and it? And it's such an easy fix. Yeah. Just turn that turn that down. Turn that down. Put on some nice, smooth music, and there we go. After some pretty quick calculations, yeah. I've personally worked out that in your coffee career. You've made roughly, well, exactly, 62,438 flat whites. But how do you make a great flat white? How do I make a great flat white? And so that's a lot of flat whites. Jesus. That is a lot of flat like, whites. Oof, yo, uh, Boys made a lot of flat whites. So that's, that, includes, uh, that includes regular flat white, decaf o- flat white. Oatmeal flat whites. Oatmeal flat whites. Anything. Any, all, all your flat whites. I didn't... Um, I didn't like make more flat whites than I make money. What? <laughs> so how would I make the perfect flat white? Um, you know, first of all, gotta give a lot of love into it. You know, you gotta imagine like I'm making this coffee for someone, but if I'm gonna make if I'm gonna make a coffee for myself, how do I want it to taste? You know, so weigh it out, make sure it's weighing perfectly to your recipe. You know, give a good, nice, hard tamp on it not a soft tamp because if you soft tamp there's going to be there'll be opportunities for it to crack and water through pull through so, and you, you do have that. a very hard tamp I do I've got probably one of the hardest tamp for a, a man of 5 foot 7 so you got the hardest tamp in steampunk yeah I, I heard it was in Scotland but I don't want to big myself up too much I heard it was international ah, well, come on man you know just uh, world champion uh, stamp stamp. so you have a hard stamp and then what happens a tamp as a stamp uh, and then you know I I put it into the into the machine, um, make sure when it's when it's flowing that is equal. So um, both the espresso are coming out the the spouts evenly, which mm-hmm. is nice. And when I steam the milk, don't make it too bubbly because no one wants a bubbly flat white. Talk to me about milk. So milk, what type of milk? Are we talking? Because you touched on a good point there. Yeah. Too much foam. Ruins a flat white. Yes. Keep that for a cappuccino. So if, you put, if you're putting too much air into the milk, you're going to make it really bubbly and foamy. You don't want to put that much air into a flat white. You want a flat white to be not wobbly, but thin milk. So, yeah. Because if no, one, no one wants a foamy flat white. What do you want the bubbles to look like? I don't want any bubbles. Don't want any bubbles. I don't want any bubbles. You want that silk? I want silky smooth, like a nice silk robe. That's what I want. It. And then when you pour... When you pour the flat white, when you no, sorry, when you pour the milk into the shots, yeah. How how do you? Because you you love a lot, you love a love heart. I mean, yeah, or yeah, or some say it looks like a bum, but you know, you know. You're going for a love. Heart. I'm going for a love heart. Yeah, 
How would I pour a love heart? How do you pour a love heart? Well, see, a lot of people pour into espresso differently. I normally go two to three times round the center of the cup. And then I just kind of tilt the cup a little bit, pour into the middle. And I just wiggle my wrist ever so slightly and go across and meet to the back of the cup. That's how I do my love hearts. Because you told me when you were training me, yeah. we talked about the... Uh the, the volume of milk pouring out. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you start with a pretty thick pour. Yeah. And then you, you lift up your lift your up the spout. Yeah, I was actually I was actually taught that because I used to I used to not lift up the the jug, um, and I was just like ruining ruining the art essentially. And I was one of the guys that used to work here. I was like lift the jug up and just lightly lift over lift over the espresso, and it does does works. Where it's magic. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Works magic. Yeah. Be gentle with your milk pouring. Yeah, yeah. Like, shout out to all baristas there. Be gentle with the milk. Don't ruin it. Cups. Yeah. What kind of what size cup? What what's my? Because someone gave me the other day. Someone gave me a flat white. Like I don't want to get <laughs> snobby about coffee because I drink I drink Nescaf. Yeah. I, I drink uh, Nescaf Golds. Used to be my favorite. Uh, with like seven sugars. Oh, mate, yeah. Diluted with like endless amounts of milk. But someone <laughs> yeah. yesterday, I won't, I won't name where the place was, but someone yesterday gave me a flat white in a latte cup. Oh no, you can't be having that. That's too much milk. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't filled up to the top. Oh, it, it was halfway. Just, it was just a half, a half oh. filled latte cup. But it was. But I had asked for a flat white. With yeah. It, and it, I mean, cups. What's my favorite cup? Yeah, my flat weight cup. A flat, flat weight, eight ounce. Eight ounce, yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't like. I'm not a fan of lattes and cappuccinos. Not that I'm not a fan of the coffee. It's just too much milk for me. I wanted to be able to taste the coffee, you know. And I think flat weights are just a decent size. Yeah, flat weight is a good size. I'm, I'm quite. Although, if I'm drinking filter, you know. It's quite nice having like a larger cup. A larger cup. I love a filter. I like a small glass for my flat white. Cameron, you do, yeah. Cameron, Cameron, I mean, I've been working with Cameron lately and he mm. makes some magical flat whites. Yeah, he does. Like, I mean, we, we don't work, to each, work together for a while, so I need to pop in one time. Aesthetically, they're beautiful. They taste great. He doesn't cut corners, but the, 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 there's a certain weight. It's like the Mona Lisa of coffee, isn't it? I, I wouldn't mean, go that far. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe like a... Maybe a, I don't know, someone with a bit more edge, like yeah. Picasso. Yeah, know, oh Pablo, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, Big Babs, yeah. But, uh, yeah, flat whites. What's your, what's your favorite? part of working at steampunk my favorite part of work about, uh, working at steampunk sorry i would definitely say it's the people do you know what i mean i've worked with a lot of people the past six years like how uh, many do you think roughly you've oh. seen because hospital let's be fair hospital you're an anomaly i'm you're, a what you're an anon- anomaly anon- i thought you said that's a nonna i was like i'm you're not italian nor my grandma so quite a lot of people yeah uh don't stay in hospitality no, for long don't. periods of time, you know. No. So you do see quite a turnover of staff. Yeah, I mean, I think I've probably seen roughly, <clears throat> in 
It's got to be like the 20s. Like, it's a lot of people. Um, and it does make a difference. Like, you know, you, like, you do come across people that you might not exactly get on with, but they could be hard worker and vice versa, you know. Um, and, yeah, no, I definitely think it's the people because everyone's got different personalities and everyone has a bond and everyone, like, works together and everyone works as a team. Um, and I think definitely as we went into lockdown, we did, like, what, two Zooms every week? Mm -hmm. Okay, we weren't working together, but we were still making the effort to see each other, to contact each other. Keep um, morale up. Yeah, for a good three, four months. Um, but no, it's, it, yeah, working with the people here and obviously, you know, the coffee side of things. Um, I think we're quite lucky to work in a roastery um, and be able to cut these coffees and experience these coffees that have come from Kenya, Rwanda, Colombia and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite a lucky thing. Um, What's your favourite tasting coffee? My favourite tasting coffee? Yeah. Or favourite coffee? My favourite coffee. Oh, so I'm a fan. So if I'm having filter, so if I'm in like AeroPress or uh, V60, pour or whatever, huge fan of Kenyan. Um, Kenyan coffees, they're nice and like the fruity, dark sort of fruits. They really, I'm a big fan of those. But at the minute, I'm kind of a, like swaying towards sort of South Americans, like Brazilian and stuff like that. I really, I'm a huge fan of like chocolatey, like nutty sort of taste because um, that just goes so well with milk. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, I think that's probably one of the most popular without people knowing it. Like people will say, I really like this and it's actually a Brazilian or something. Um, but you've been yeah. dabbling in some oat milk, haven't you? I have, yeah, I've seen. Is that from an external influence or? Well, so no, if we're, if we're going into it, right? Well, so a few years back, you know, I noticed that the lactose wasn't really agreeing with, with myself, so I was like, mm, gonna gonna try something new, and I was you know drinking long blacks and stuff, and I was liking that, and then when Oatly kind of started kicking about, I was like, mm, you know what, this is actually a good alternative, um, and yeah, I've just kind of, and that's what I mean, like five years, so I've just been drinking it on and off and stuff, so I'm going if I'm going to other places, I'm getting a takeaway or whatever, and most of the time I get an oat milk flat white, um, or I get a filter. But I think now we've changed to minor figures. Can I name drop? I'm name dropping. Um, yeah, I, I think with our coffee that we have on at the minute, it's actually a really good combination because our Colombian is very quite sweet and plummy. And the minor figures seems to complement that really well. So, yeah, big up the oat milk. Shout out oat milk. Yeah, Shout out minor figures. Yeah. No. You also love history. Love history, mate. No uh, future in it. What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. I was just going <laughs> to say, uh, who's your favorite, uh, favorite? Who's your favorite person in history? Is yeah, favorite person in history. Yeah. Who's your oh. favorite person in history? Your historic role uh, model. Mate, do you know what that? That's a very good question. Because I love everything to do with like, you know, uh, the wars of Scottish independence um, like William Wallace sort of era but then I also love things to do with second world war and what I mean by that is when you hear personal stories from people who you know survived the holocaust or did certain things during the war to save other people's lives and I'd say one of my um, 
favorite people in history. I don't know. There's there's quite there's quite a few, but the one that's top of my head is a, a guy called uh, Witold Pilecki. He was Polish, and during the Second World War, he basically put himself forward to go into one of the camps and get information and feed it back to the Polish and the Brits. Um, and he went in sort of knowing how how things were going on in there, but it wasn't, I don't think he like, knew the extremes of what was happening. Um, and he did that to save people's lives. And like, sadly, he was actually executed like years later um, because I think it was to do with um, the Soviet Union thought he was a spy and everything he was saying they didn't believe and didn't think it was true. Um, but he saved a lot of people's lives and to have that sort of um, bravery and stuff. And he, like, he went in having a family, a couple of kids and stuff, you know, and I think that's a super brave thing to do, you know. Um, so yeah, he's probably one of my favorite people from history. And probably Scott the Antarctic. Hello again, uh, it's Cameron here. I'm just doing the editing for this week's podcast. Um, it was lovely to to be there to witness that chat between um, Scott and Pete. Um, but yeah, just to let you know that we've been putting together some really exciting episodes for the future. Um, Kath and Rachel have been firing around emails with wholesale customers and people involved in the coffee industry who might be interested on coming on coming along and having a wee chat. Um, so yeah if you could give a follow on whatever platform you use for listening to podcasts to get notified about future episodes that would be really helpful and really appreciated um but yeah all that's left to be said is uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode and see you again soon thank you <laughs>